Well, welcome, and thank you once again for joining. I'm your host, Randy Duncan. We're going through the book of Genesis. We're on episode number five, uh, and this episode will be creation day number four. Uh, We'll do verses 14 through 19, but before we get into that, just want to recap what we did last episode with days two and three, which included the expanse or the firmament. Uh, Remember that Hebrew word, rakia. Uh, We discussed the canopy theory, what it is and why some people believe in it, and then some scientific reasons uh, that it really isn't that tenable. Also last episode, uh, saw the introduction of the water cycle uh, to prepare earth for the life that God will soon create on days five and six, as well as vegetation and the vegetation reproduces after its kind. Remember, if you plant a peach tree, you get a peach, which now brings us to creation day number four, which discusses the sun, moon, and the stars. And we'll just jump right in with verses 14 and 15. 14 and 15 read, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth, and it was so. Now this expression, let there be lights, remember, We discussed in a previous episode this let there be light and the source of that light having already been created. Well, the same thing applies here. God is not creating the sun and the moon for the first time here on day four. Remember, God created the heavens and the earth as described in verse one back in the beginning. So what we're doing is simply covering the details about God's creation now. We discussed also in a previous episode that The sun had already been created, but as an observer on earth, you still couldn't see the sun due to the heavy atmosphere that was almost 200 times thicker than our current atmosphere. So when God is saying here, let there be lights, what's being communicated is that now the source of the lights will become visible. We've already had light, which is what allowed photosynthesis to take place and therefore plants and vegetation to grow. But now, as the atmosphere has changed, again, from opaque to translucent, it now begins to change from translucent to transparent and even has breaks in the clouds so that we are finally able to see the actual sources of the light. The sun, moon, and stars become visible from Earth for the first time. It's also worth mentioning that it may be possible that what's being communicated is not that on each day God made something, but that on each day God said something. And what does scripture say was the significance for being able to actually see the sun, moon, and stars? It says, let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And so here we have not God creating the sun, moon, and stars, but assigning their functions. God is establishing order and function to his creation. And it's interesting, you know, you talk we talk about the signs and the seasons, but who are they for? I mean, there's nobody here yet. I mean, there aren't even any animals yet. But what's interesting is that prior to day four, none of the life forms, none of the plants that are on earth at this time need to see the sun or the moon or the stars. But the life that will be described on days five and six require at least some awareness of the positions of the sun, moon, and stars. This awareness, it's, it's actually crucial. It's vital to knowing when the best times are to feed, 
best times to reproduce, uh, best times for agricultural reasons, or to hibernate or to migrate. I mean, even mankind has always used the stars for navigational purposes to travel around the globe. So before God creates complex biological life with a biological time clock, he is already preparing the environment that they would need to fill their purpose. Which brings us to verses 16 through 19. I'm going to go ahead and read through this, and then we'll uh, go back through and take a deep dive. And verse 16 says, And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. Now don't get confused where verse 16 starts out by saying, And God made two great lights, as if this is the first time he created them. The Hebrew verb form used here for the word made, it's actually referring to an action that's already been completed. Something done in the past. We don't know how long in the past, but it was in the past. Remember, this is a review. This is a parenthetical statement. In verse 1, God created all of physical reality. So now, again, we're just going back into more detail on how God created and why. It's also been pointed out that the, the verb made here does not specifically mean to create. It can refer to that, but it can also refer to working on something that has already been made or appointed. So there may be some credibility to the thought that God is referring here to the appointing of the roles of the sun, moon, and stars. And notice that the Bible calls the sun and moon both great lights. Compared to the sun, the moon is tiny. So why would it be considered a great light also, just like the sun? It's interesting that the sun is about 400 times the size of the moon. But as observed from the earth, the sun and the moon appear to be almost the exact same size. And that's because even though the sun is about 400 times the size of the moon, the moon is about 400 times closer to the earth than the sun. So it gives the appearance of being equal in size. I believe another reason this verse exists is to act as a polemic or an argument against pagan beliefs at the time which worshipped the sun, moon, and stars. In fact, um, the Bible gives a pretty stern warning against doing just that. In Deuteronomy 4.19, it says, And beware, lest you raise your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. So the Bible makes it pretty clear. Genesis makes it very clear that the sun, moon, and stars are not gods. They were created by God. In fact, God doesn't even mention them by name here. He just calls them two great lights. This was a way to dethrone these two supposed gods, if you will. Because here in the Bible, the sun and the moon are just nameless objects created by the one creator God to serve humanity. Not only that, but Genesis tells us the reason for the sun, moon, and stars. Not only would life be impossible without all three of them, but they are to serve as signs and seasons. And scripture tells us that God arranged the visible stars into constellations and even names two or three of them. The constellations Orion and Ursa Major, which is the bear, they're both named in Job and Amos. Uh, the star group Pleiades is also named in those same passages. 
Now here's again something very interesting, but I'm just I'm just throwing this out there for you to do your own research on. In Job 38:32, God asked Job, "Can you lead forth the Matzeroth in their season?" Now that word Matzeroth, it's a Hebrew word that in some Bible translations is just left untranslated, but when it is translated, it's usually translated as constellations or get this the zodiac and there are some people that believe our modern day zodiac is a perversion of the biblical matzeroth there are some who believe that the constellations or the zodiac act as a uh, mnemonic or a a pattern of ideas to help you remember something more easily like say a story and they believe that the constellation or the zodiac acts as a mnemonic for the story of creation the fall and the redemption so this story begins in the constellation or the sign Virgo and ends in the constellation of Leo, from the virgin to the lion. Does that sound familiar? And indeed, if you begin with Virgo, the last sign you come to in the zodiac is Leo. Again, I'm not dogmatic on that idea. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just introducing you to that idea. For more information on that, you might want to check out a couple of books. One is titled The Witness of the Stars uh, by E.W. Bullinger. Another book is titled The Gospel in the Stars, written by Joseph Seiss. But nowhere does the Bible mention that these celestial bodies are for determining the destinies of men or for individual humans, like astrology teaches. Astrology is the, quote, interpretation of the supposed influence that the stars and planets have over your future. And throughout history, going back all the way to the Babylonians, astrologers have consulted the celestial bodies for guidance. In fact, Babylonian astrologers, for example, would counsel the king on when to attack or when to go to war based on the alignment of the stars and what might be in the king's favor. Unfortunately, many people take this stuff seriously. I mean, maybe there's a lot of people who are just so desperate for direction, for meaning for purpose in their lives that they look for it anywhere they think of looking anywhere they think they can find it and the reality is sometimes people in our day are just starving for truth and unfortunately when people are starving they will eat anything but the bible specifically warns against this practice along with others such as divination sorcery necromancy but regarding astrology specifically the Bible says in Isaiah 47, 13, you are wearied with many counsels. Let them stand forth and save you. Those who divide the heavens, who gaze at the stars, who at the new moons make known what shall come upon you. Behold, they are like stubble. The fire consumes them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. Yikes. That's, you know, sounds like a pretty stern warning against trying to give counsel based on the position of the stars. But before I leave verse 16, and remember, verse 16 says, And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. See, verse 16 ends with, it's almost a footnote, and the stars. Now, some translations will read, And he made the stars also. So in addition to the sun and the moon, there is this almost afterthought, oh, yeah, and the, and the stars too. 
And I've always found that to be a, a candidate for the Understatement of the Year Award. When you consider how many stars are in the universe, trillions upon trillions of stars. In fact, our best scientific estimates are that there are approximately 10 to the 23rd power stars in the known universe. Now that is a number that is basically incomprehensible if so large. But to give you an idea, that is also approximately how many grains of sand exist on all the beaches and all the deserts on the entire earth. And to blow your mind just a little more, between each of those trillions of stars, like the grains of sand on earth, between each star, there is an average distance of 30 trillion miles. 30 trillion miles between each star. And when you stop and consider the vastness of this universe, just consider how great, how mighty, how awesome of a God we serve and worship. And just as Psalm 19.1 tells us, the heavens do indeed declare the glory of God. And Psalm 147.4 tells us that he determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. And you are so much more valuable than a star. And if God calls each of these trillions of stars, or remember, like the grains of sand on earth, he calls each of them by name, then you better believe that he knows you. And the good news is that he loves you. He loved you enough to suffer and die for you. So the next time you look up into the night sky and you see the stars, you think about that. The one who created every one of those stars loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. I look forward to our next session as we begin creation days five and six, which will see the creation of animals and humans. Thank you as always for listening and God bless.